There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Show with Andy Brand Bernard and Mike Molina. Crash and Burn 7 on this hour. We'll check out the news and headlines. Be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Walzer Automotive Group started in Minnesota over 60 years ago. Most people know something about the Walzer way. Upfront, no haggle pricing, work with one person from start to finish, or the free lifetime powertrain warranty on most vehicles sold in Minnesota. What you might not know is they are the only automotive group that is a member of the Keystone Club. They join such great Minnesota companies as General Mills, Target, Cargill, the Twins, Wolves, and Vikings in pledging 5% pre-tax profits to local charities. It's a great example of their core values. Do the right thing, display positive energy, be open-minded, and lead by example. So if you're in the market for a new or used car, check out walzer.com or stop into one of their dealerships. Please don't say, tell them Tommy sent you, because it sounds fake and I hate it. Walzer Automotive Group. Walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt, then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company, and they start asking you questions, or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. A little Led Zeppelin to kick off Hour 2 of the Tom Bernard Show. Again, Crash and Burn 7. Tim Slagle's coming in. I believe Cy Amundsen's coming in. It'd be nice if all four of them came in. That'd be wonderful. Carmen Lynch. Out, of course, J. Elvis Weinstein. I've known for 30 years. 
about 30 years, maybe even longer than that. I'm not sure. But yeah, Crash and Burn 7 there at Acme this weekend have been there all week, so uh, that's coming up. Lakeith Smith probably regrets his decision to turn down a 25-year plea deal offered to the Alabama teen in March. On Thursday, the 18-year-old, he's 18 years old, he turned down a 25-year plea deal. He was sentenced to 65 years in prison on charges of burglary, theft, and felony murder. How do you turn down a plea deal on a murder charge? Uh, in Alabama. Thinks, thinks he's invincible. Yes, in Alabama, and you're a black kid. Yeah, black kid in Alabama turning down a plea deal. Let's not do that. It's a bad idea. On Thursday, the 18-year-old was sentenced to 65 years in prison on charges of burglary, theft, and felony murder, reports the Montgomery Advertiser. It was actually a police officer, not Smith, who shot and killed 16-year-old Adante Washington when officers encountered Washington Smith and three others breaking into two homes in Millbrook on February 25, 2015. Some of the suspects fired at police, and Washington was shot four times as he aimed a revolver at one officer who was cleared of wrongdoing. Under Alabama's accomplice law, a person can be held responsible for a death if it occurs during the commission of a crime. The four remaining suspects were charged. Jadarian Hardy, 22, Javarski Jackson, 23, and LaAnthony Washington, 22, ultimately took plea deals per the advertiser. But Smith rejected the 25-year recommended sentence offered. Convicted in March, he smiled and laughed during his sentencing. I don't think Mr. Smith will be smiling long when he gets to prison, says District Attorney C.J. Robinson, noting Smith showed no remorse. Judge Sibley Reynolds handed down a 30-year sentence for felony murder, a 15-year sentence for burglary, and two 10-year sentences for theft to be served consecutively, not concurrently. They will not be served at the same time. It will be a long time before he comes up for even the possibility of parole, at least 20 to 25 years His lawyer protested that Smith was 15 and scared to death at the time of the crime, and he never shot anybody. He's a black kid in Alabama, man. Somebody should have gotten to him, honestly. He's not even the person who shot someone. He just happened to be there during the commission of a crime. He's only 15 years old. This guy ends up getting 65 years. They don't mess around in Alabama, and, and it's not just with black people. They don't mess around with anybody but black people particularly. But in Alabama, you want to, if they make a recommendation, you probably want to go with that recommendation, don't you think? Well, maybe he shouldn't have shot at a cop, so it's hard to feel bad for I him. I don't think he did shoot at he the did. cop. Oh, he shot at the cop? Yep. Oh, that's why he got so much time then. That's exactly, see, that wasn't even included in this story. Uh, I don't know. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but. It said, uh, yeah, it says that the group, Shot at the police officers, and that was all they needed to do. Yeah, you don't want to be doing that. That's shooting at cops is not not a good idea. Uh, You know, it's funny. I'm looking at the newswire right now, and here are your lead stories. Michelle Obama talks about Trump. Trump press dinner. uh, We'll get a press dinner is going to get a Trump uh, substitute. Uh, Trump threatens China with a $100 billion hit. Trump throws away boring remarks at tax roundtable. They're never going to get off this, are they? It's just going to be Trump, 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 Trump for another two and a half years, isn't it? Yep. I just, could you talk about something else? Is there any, Trump praises EPA Chief Pruitt admits controversy. Uh, Oh, 
One of the stories is Palenti running for governor again after long hiatus. Yeah, that long hiatus in which he made about 8 to $10 million. That was pretty good. That's a pretty good hiatus, don't you think? Former Minnesota Governor Tim Pawlenty announced Thursday he will run for his old job, ending months of speculation about a return to politics following his short-lived 2012 presidential campaign. Uh, I know people say short-lived, but it's actually short-lived in some cases. The two-term Republican governor had been inching toward a run for months, quitting his Washington lobbying job and filing a campaign committee. Uh, so he could begin fundraising. His entry blows up a crowded group of candidates that has struggled to raise money and may entice spending by national conservative groups eager to win in a left-leaning state. Palenti joined the race via a two-minute campaign video that featured the sweater-clad, salt-and-pepper-haired politician. Oh, he's got salt-and-pepper hair now? God, he's always had dark hair. I haven't, uh, I saw him at the airport about, God, two years ago. I haven't seen him in a couple of years. Uh, He made only one reference to his eight years as governor, instead going heavy on such conservative issues as expanding vocational schools, cracking down on ineligible enrollees in the state's public health care programs, and cutting taxes on Social Security income, which I think is a really, really, really good idea. Cutting taxes on Social Security income is a fantastic idea. Plenty was treated as the presumptive GOP frontrunner by both parties well before Thursday, His shadow kept big money donors on the sidelines for months, making it difficult for Republicans already in the race to build their campaigns. And Democrat allied groups started to attack Pawlenty while he was still publicly flirting with a bid. The former governor spent the weeks leading up to his launch putting a campaign piece, uh, putting campaign pieces in place, including recruiting staff. Now, this is a national story. This is not a local story I'm reading. Uh, One thing I would like to thank uh, former Governor Tim Pawlenty for is uh, I was getting the piss kicked out of me in the press, and then my friend Mike Lindell stepped up, uh, thank God, and then they beat the piss out of him for a, a few days. And now, of course, uh, Tim Pawlenty's there, so they'll beat the piss out of him for the next few days. So, God, I'm, I'm like uh, a distant memory at this point, don't you think? Yep. You, I tell you, you and Molina, when you two were on together, you respond to nothing. It's weird. Uh, Palenti must be a masochist. He didn't make president, and now with the big blue wave coming. Oh, the big blue wave, really? Uh, he's not going to make governor either. Lefty Libby says conservative issues as expanding vocational schools, cracking down on ineligible enrollees in the state's public health care programs, and cutting taxes on Social Security income, huh? These are not conservative issues. Any liberal could run on those issues. Well, isn't that good news? I don't think any liberal is going to be running on cutting taxes for older people. No, I don't either. But uh, but uh, let's say they are liberal issues. Isn't it a good thing that he would be running with those beliefs? That's a good thing, isn't it? Could be worse. The presumptive GOP candidate could have been the wild and crazy Michelle Bachman. <laughs> she was a piece of work, man. I don't know what her deal was. But isn't she, she still like a Minnesota something? No. She's oh. not in office anymore. Oh. She's an interesting person, I will tell you that. She's, I don't even know uh, what she was. She was a state senator. Was, no, she mm. wasn't a state senator. She was a congresswoman. House of Representatives. Yeah, she was a, she was a rep. That's what a congressman is, huh? Uh, well, I think a congressman is anybody in the House or the Senate. There's so know. many different I know, little it's circles. It's hard yeah, to remember yeah, what's what. House of Representatives, and then there's the, the, the state senate, and the, they're all congressmen. And I, what do I don't? I don't know if they're – in some states they are, in some states they're not. In, in Minneapolis they're called aldermen, 
And in St. Paul, they're called what, Molina? Irish. Oh, Irish. Here we go. Well, they are Irish. That, <laughs> that part is true. But, um, yeah, they're called aldermen in Minneapolis, but they're called... The hell are they called when they when they run they run for districts in St. Paul? You should know this. You vote in St. Paul. Uh, I don't know because I mean we got the the wards. You mean like yeah, like a ward chief uh, yeah. kind of. They're called aldermen, or at least they were called aldermen in Minnesota. Maybe they're not anymore. Synonym for aldermen. I don't know. Uh, they only show up in my neighborhood council. every four years when they're up for re-election. Well, that's true. Council, city board. Yeah, and that's it. it uh, whatever. It is what it is, whatever they call it. And in in, uh, in Louisiana, they're called parishes. They're not called, they're not counties, right? They're parishes in yeah. Louisiana. They've got names for everything. Whatever. What the hell went on with Conor McGregor? Has he lost his mind or was, well, it couldn't have been just a, like a, a scheme to get attention because he actually hurt people. Yeah. Conor McGregor has been charged with assault and mischief over what Ultimate Fighting Championship uh, President Dana White says was the most disgusting thing that has ever happened in the organization's history. The mixed martial arts fighter turned himself into police in New York City on Thursday night, hours after he caused mayhem at a UFC press event in Brooklyn, reports uh, Reuters. The Irish fighter, who turned, uh, turned up unannounced with his entourage, was caught on video attacking a bus carrying other fighters, as well as throwing a hand truck and other objects. UFC says three fights uh, on Saturday's UFC 223 card uh, have now been canceled, including one involving Michael, is it Chiesa? Michael Kisa, Chiesa? Who was injured by flying glass earlier in the week, White stripped McGregor 29 of the 155-pound championship belt he never defended. Usel stripped me of nothing. And I said that properly, by the way. He, the actual quote is, Usel stripped me of nothing. McGregor, who hasn't fought in the UFC since November 2016, responded in a profane tweet. But it's not clear whether the chaos at the press event was caused by McGregor losing his belt or by his feud with Khabib Nurmagomedov who was due to fight uh, for the belt on Saturday, the Washington Post reports. Before McGregor surrendered to police, White warned there was a warrant out for his arrest. They're looking for him right now. His plane cannot take off. He cannot leave the state of New York with this warrant, he told reporters. You can imagine he's going to be sued beyond belief, and this was a really bad career move for him. Yeah, there's a picture of him. There's a video of him. He picks up, uh, you know, you guys know what a hand truck is, a hand cart, hand truck. A dolly, they're called also. Mm-hmm. He picks it up and throws it through the bus window. Like, what the hell What the hell are you doing? I think it's pretty clear he's got some roid rage problems. Got a, some, you got a few mental problems? Do you think that's what the problem is here? Is that uh, he just, he's not thinking clearly? He's not functioning all that well? Is that the idea? Mm. I don't know. It's, a Mick in Brooklyn with an is. anger problem? Come on. Hard to believe. <laughs> How did it ever happen? I thought he was actually from Ireland. I think he is. Mm. But he lives in Brooklyn now. Yeah, I think he is initially from uh, Ireland. And then he had that fake fight with Floyd Mayweather. That thing, that thing was the biggest joke in history that made everybody hundreds of millions of dollars. and 100% staged. 100% staged, so that's good. But that that was Floyd Mayweather's entire career, that he staged every fight he was ever in. He never fought anybody in their prime. Oh, that's well, how he got to be 50 back. and all. Yeah, that's right. He's 50-0. Yeah, come on. 
That's what they're saying. Well, this is good news. The Menendez brothers, who were convicted of killing their parents in the Beverly Hills mansion nearly three decades ago, have been reunited in a Southern California prison. Eric Menendez, 47, has moved into the same housing unit as his 50-year-old brother, Lyle Menendez. Uh, Corrections Department spokeswoman Terry Thornton said Thursday, the brothers are serving life sentences for fatally shooting their parents, Jose and Kitty Menendez, in 1989. Oh, yeah, I remember this. God, 30 years ago. Lyle Menendez was moved in February from Mule Creek State Prison in Northern California to San Diego's R.J. Donovan Correctional Facility after his security classification was lowered. But the brothers lived in separate housing units and would not have seen each other, Thornton says. The prison houses nearly 3,900 male inmates. Was it one of the Menendez brothers when uh, they got into about the 15th iteration of their trial? He described his mother as being, quote, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. That was one of those guys, wasn't it? I think. But there's a picture of them. i got to go back to it, as a matter of fact. Uh, they, I don't know which which is which, but I'm going to guess the older. But one of them looks like he's absolutely insane in his picture. I mean, he's got this wild-eyed thing going. He's got a big, huge smile. And, oh, my God. It's it just... Just looking at the guy, you go, yeah, he killed somebody. Either he, he already killed somebody or he's going to kill somebody. So the, the Menendez boys, after all these years, are back together again. And they can. They tried to kill their, well, not tried to kill, they did kill their parents because they tried to get all their money. And it uh, didn't really work out that way. They were found guilty and uh, have been in prison for decades now, which is where they should be. And, of course, they'll both die in prison, so... Hopefully they're enjoying themselves. They both got married in prison. Yeah, a lot of people get married in prison. Which I don't know why that is, but uh, yeah, they do. Insane. They do. They, there's a lot of marriages in prison. There's no question about that. Well, and again, several people wanted to marry uh, Charlie uh, Manson. A lot of women wanted to marry Charles Manson. We'll be right back. Crash and Burn 7. Tom Bernard Show. This is Tom for Flo. For the past 35 years, Flo's passion to invent a better way has created some of the finest recreational products available. Flo's Cargo Max trailer line is a perfect example of their innovation. This trailer is redefining the utility trailer industry. They start with a strong aluminum frame and then add a thermoform polymer bed. It gives you a nearly indestructible one-piece trailer body. And since it's molded, it adds style that the trailer industry has never seen. They even beat it with a large sledgehammer at 20 below zero to prove how tough it is. Best of all, you'll never worry about dents, rust, rot, or paint. Visit their website at floeintl.com to find your local dealer and to see videos of this unique trailer, including a video showing hockey star Ryan Suter shooting pucks at it, trying to break it. You'll quickly see how Flow has earned the reputation for quality products and offering you more for your money. Flow. A better way. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutramost weight loss plan. I've started up another round at the new Nutramost Plymouth location, and those unwanted pounds are going fast. I've lost over 34 pounds. Nutramost is so easy, and they guarantee that you lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food, and I'm never hungry. Nutramost has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you too. Nutramost of Plymouth is hosting a second free informational dinner. Learn how to have success losing weight just like me. Neil Sheehy, Nutramost client and owner, 
who played nine years in the NHL and is an agent to some of the NHL's current top players, will be at the dinner, and so will I, actually. It's Monday, April 30th, 6 p.m. at Jake City Grill in Plymouth, located around the corner from Nutramost, just off Highway 55 and 494. Space is limited. Call 763-333-7337 to register. That's 763-333-7337. When I get to the bottom, I go back to the top of the slide. And I stop and I turn and I go for a ride. And I get to the bottom and I see you again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Has everybody in place at Crash and Burn 7? Yeah, yeah, we, we've been doing uh, we've we've been doing it all week. It's been a blast. We did something. We did a live show last night. We actually did a live white writing show after the actual crash and burn show. It was uh, fantastic. You did? Yeah. Well, who we, was involved in that? All, all four of you? Yeah, well, we do we we do writing group. We get together and do writing um, uh, after each show, and then each afternoon, and and like toss around ideas. Um, last night we actually did it on the stage. Uh, in front of uh, uh, some people who wanted to, to hang around so they could ask questions, throw in ideas that they thought would make better jokes, stuff like that. And one lady, one lady actually came up, like, it was the most surprising audience add-on. I, I don't know that it'll work on one of my jokes, but a lady in the front row threw a suggestion at us. Yeah, she threw a tag. She gave Cy a tag. And it, it, it legitimately was... Uh, yeah, it was it was for sure out of pity. <laughs> it was out of, I don't okay. want Cy to go home and feel sad. But it, like... I've never had, because all comics have somebody like comes up after the show, like, hey, you remember when you were talking about soccer? <laughs> Let me tell you this. And you're like, get out of here, you yeah, maniac. Yeah, yeah. You I, know why black people don't play soccer? Yeah. <laughs> have I, you heard this one? You've ne- you never get a suggestion <laughs> oh, from God. an audience member that's any good. But last night, uh, the, she gave a suggestion, and I like it, like, for a moment, I was like, you know, that might be really good. Yeah. It, it actually it hit me as something decent. Yeah, it fit in there. Really? Yeah, yeah. He, he had two bits that tie together on the front, but this would tie the bits together on the end, so it would make it was like a real nice, pretty bow on the package. Yes, it was. That is nice. That's wonderful. So, at Tim's in studio, size in studio. What up? Did you bring anybody else with you? Uh, I was thinking of bringing Charlie Manson, but uh... <laughs> Charlie Man, well, he, we could, he could get married. We could auction no, I'm him off. I'm surprised that Jay Elvis didn't come. Jay Elvis always comes in when he's in town. Huh. He didn't think he was welcome. I think he thought that uh, that he might have upset you last he's, time. Uh, he's lying. <laughs> that he might. Have... He wanted a nap. Liar. <laughs> he wanted a nap. Tell him I'm never talking to him again. That's all I have to say to him. And Carmen Lynch. Put him on Emily's yeah, list. Lynch is wonderful too. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. We won't do that. Emily just, honest to God, it was just every time Emily comes in, but she does show up. Yeah, she's a pro. But it's it's. It's really interesting to interview someone when they're looking at you like Charles Manson. Here's the fun thing. What I would love is just a podcast with just the two of you. Because both of you, (laughs) here's the interesting thing. Both of you, like, you are such a bright, impressive, uh, skilled uh, person. And she is a very bright, impressive, skilled person. comedian yeah, she is and and, and yeah, but you is. just you have you have fun oil and uh dog shit personalities <laughs> and <laughs> it would be it would be I, I she's moving here to minnesota i would love a weekly oh, God. i would love a weekly emily segment where both of you could just be like here's the thing we're not gonna love this 
But everybody who listens is going to love it. You know, like the time Molina almost beat me. me up. It'd be good. <laughs> yeah, you could well, bring in every a, time. Though, you could yeah. bring in Emily for women's news. I don't think she'll. I, love, I don't think she'll love it being framed like that. <laughs> well, I spell it well, with a Y. I won't frame it like that. <laughs> I I have. I have no problem with Emily. I don't know what the hell I ever did to her, but she she's just not a big fan, man. Well, here's a, the last time she was in. I think Cy knows this, but Tim, I don't think you know this. But I was being very sincere about something, and I don't think uh, what, what's her name, Martha. What's Martha's last name? Martha on, Kelly uh, on ba- Martha Kelly, yeah, Martha Kelly on baskets. Um, so Emily and Martha were both in, and and Catherine was in the studio, and, and we were just talking about this that, and the other thing. Uh, it was during the, the the sexual harassment in Hollywood thing was really in high gear, and I said, "Well, the interesting thing is, is I, you know, I love how Hollywood loves to tell us how we should live our lives, and the first chance they get to violate someone, they do it, which I <laughs> never understood." Uh, I said, "But I have to tell you something," and I was very sincere, and I'm still sincere about this. I find most women to be attractive because I think women have beautiful eyes. I really sincerely do. And it makes most women, you know, pretty. It's a very pretty feature in almost all It's the all second women. thing I always they, look at. Second Tim, thing. Tim's a yeah, big... You raise your eyes. <laughs> Tim's a big nose guy. <laughs> oh, man. But here's what I understand. They were both deeply offended by that. I'm thinking, how is that offensive? Huh. I don't get that. Uh, they were... Well, this... This thing that just happened uh, this week that they were shredding me for in the newspaper how wishing someone well saying hey you know the great thing about radio is there's a place for everyone they thought that was a very bigoted and racist thing to say huh like the way they took it was hey there's even room for minorities in radio that's (laughs) not what i said Even if you can't speak English, you just mean it's not a precursor. You used to have to speak English when I started in radio. You don't even need that anymore. You don't even need that anymore at all. You can talk about your stupid culture if you want. I mean, that's basically the way they heard it. It's just weird. So people do hear what they want to hear. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, you guys as comedians, you know that you will tell a joke. Some people think it's phenomenal, and other people, they hear what they want to hear, and they just, they don't get it, or they think it's a horrible joke because they don't get it. Uh, everybody loves my stuff, so I don't, I haven't experienced that uh, yeah, I, yeah, I know that to be, pers- oh, yeah. I know that to be personally true, yes. No you know, you but, know what I, you know what I learned is I'm doing a bit that I, I think a mutual friend of ours might really dislike a lot. Um, and I, I wanted it. I was hoping he was going to come to a show this week so I could get somebody who I respects but disagrees with opinion. Uh, our our friend Ralph. Um, Ralph Basham. Yes. Yeah. He is a proponent of homeschool. Is that uh, isn't he? Yeah, he loves homeschool. He's a big homeschool guy. Uh, my, the, yes. I would. Tim, what would you say? What percentage of my set at Crash and Burn this week is anti homeschool? Uh, about about ten minutes. He's got about ten minutes of anti. Ten minutes. Ten minutes that you would expect from someone raised by public school yeah. teachers. <laughs> exactly right. Well, there is that. Yes, let's I would be have, honest. There is that. I would have loved to hear because I like and respect Ralph so much. I would have loved to have hear. I would probably have to cut the end part because I get a little aggressive at the end of the bit. I would. I can. I can understand how somebody would disagree with that part, but sure. I would love to hear his mm-hmm. uh, stance on the rest of it. Other than him just, you know, showing how he's smarter than me and condescending me, because that's a possibility as well. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting about that is... Because he is smarter than me. Um, well, yeah, he was homeschooled. You know, 
Hey, this has nothing to do with that. It's yeah, the fact that he's right. a doctor. <laughs> he, here's the thing. Basham, Basham didn't get didn't become a doctor at a home college. <laughs> he went to, I assume, no, he did he's not. very highly accredited. He's a very bright man. But he probably got into that but college he, at 16. I wonder what he should. You know, I, you, know, you know who did get into Harvard when he was 15 years old? Who? Al Jean from The Simpsons. Really? I didn't that know that. Phenomenal. Yeah, he, yeah, he got into Harvard when he was 15 years old. <laughs> That's pretty wow. impressive. That is unbelievable. Oh, God. And then he said, no, I think I was 16. I said, well, it says here that you were 15. He goes, I, I think I might have been 16. Like, yeah, well, what an probably, argument. He was probably 16 by the time he got there. <laughs> It's uh, yeah, the application was when he was to 15. Some guy argue with you about whether or not he has a million or two million dollars. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's cool. your argument. Yeah, that's amazing. That's your argument. That is unbelievable. If I had known I, that I Harvard think... was the place to learn how to write comedy, I might have I might have studied harder in high school. If I would have known oh, Harvard man. was a place to uh, to grow and be successful in comedy, I would have still not been able to get in there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you're talking about. Well, it did kind of start with Doug Kinney. Uh, well, I, I shouldn't say it started there. The Harvard Lampoon's been around for over 100 years, right? Right. But Doug Kinney kind of took it to the next step along with, uh, what the hell's the other guy's name that started National Lampoon? I can never remember. I, I know uh, Norm uh, is the one that funded it, but it was it was Doug Kinney and Andy. Who's the other guy who went to Harvard? Howard uh, God, I can't remember his name. It's terrible that I can't remember his name. But that's because Henry the, Beard. Henry Beard. That's exactly who it was. Not Howard, but Henry Beard. Uh, those guys took Harvard to a whole. See, here's the problem that I have. When you talk about homeschooling or whatever, I don't really have an opinion there. I never had a good teacher once in my life. Not one of my teachers was good. And I now, walked uphill both ways to get taught by him. Actually, <laughs> was right across the street. But anyway, well, at least for a couple of months when I lived in that house. But I do think that college students should be homeschooled because, my God, they're learning some psychotic things now. But I can't say that, and the reason I can't say that is because Doug Sprinthal, who's on this show every Wednesday and is on the KQ Morning Show every morning doing live commercials, his father was the head of the philosophy department at Harvard. So, wow. what are you going to do? And Everyone also, your super talented comedic no guest has two uh, college professor parents. That's no, me. I, no, I don't. No, of course you don't. <laughs> I do. You're, I thought all your parents are both college professors? My da- well, my dad is a biology professor. Uh, he was a biology f- professor. I didn't know that. Yep, I my, didn't know that. My mom was an English teacher, and then she got a uh, doctor. Uh, a master's of library sciences and built a college's library. Um, so, and then when she retired, she just decided to learn how to build websites and just started building colleges' websites. So she's not no a professor. You're so screwed up. Yeah, you think that's it? I think that probably has a lot to do with it. That's at least the, that's at least the tip of it. Yeah. Well, you know what? My mother was a diner waitress. What do you think of that? I have no comment. That doesn't really stick. <laughs> I generally think colleges are fine outside of the Ivy League. Yeah. It's the Ivy League that's having Lost problems right now. There's a lot of cronyism, and uh, they all just—they're—they're they're all uh, supporting each other's opinions and uh, yeah. pushing out every other opinion. Right. And but are you, are you suggesting there's healthy. never been cronyism in the Ivy League until <laughs> recently? Well. <laughs> 
But here's well, there's more people, so there's more of it. Right? <laughs> here's here's a question for you, Tom, because I think you and I always agree on the point that I, I have a theory in life that the dumbest people are always the loudest. And with the way social media works and all this thing, like I think yeah, we're getting yeah. tricked into believing the loudest are the majority. It's like, and, and they do it with every yep. generation. They do it with with you and your show. They do it with baby boomers. They do it with the elderly. They do it with the youth. This Tide Pod BS. Like you know oh, how you, you know how many people like uh, to me that was c- a complete BS. There were I'm sure there were a few kids who did that, but this idea that that entire generation right. of it was just a way to. Uh, to you know, disqualify an entire generation's voice, just like we do with other generations, older or younger. And so I think, I think mm. when you really get on a college campus, yeah, you got a few queefs who are really uncomfortable to be around at all times, and they're over the top. But in general, it's just normal people. It's just the loud ones are getting all the attention. I actually put uh, filled uh, for Easter. I filled the candy dish uh, with Tide Pods for my nieces and nephews. Yeah. Very good. They're very <laughs> colorful. Ooh, these are so jelly beans. I'm dead. <laughs> I have a question for Cy. You know what the definition of the word queef is, don't you? Oh, I'm very aware. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make sure that you I, know what right, queef here's the was. Thing. I actually got 57 points over Easter on queef for, uh, with uh, on Scrabble. <laughs> Scrabble. <laughs> I was pretty proud of that. We're... We're running yeah, out of we're running it. out of words that uh, can, you can use to criticize people who are lame, and so I've oh, really yeah. leaned in on queef and chode, and neither of those are super like acceptable it. to most people. But boy, oh boy, do they work for me! <laughs> no, they do work. I think it's wonderful. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, we're not making anymore. It's strange. No, no I've, that's up why until I, about ten years ago, there was a constant supply, but. Now it's all gone. Yeah, yeah. what do you yeah, mean? We've we're, invented we're, all the words. We're, yeah, we're, and, and we're slowly running out of them. So I'm gonna, I, I don't think there's any way you can discredit me on chode. I think chode, no one can be offended by chode. And it's a really funny thing to call a guy who's acting like a chode. So it's, it's, that one's fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I understand that. I actually remember cutting a commercial once, I think in the 1980s it was, maybe. A, probably mid, mid-80s, late 80s, something like that. And there was a product that was used to retard spoilage, and the engineer wouldn't cut the commercial. I said, why? He said, we're not saying retard. I said, it's not retard, it's retard. It means the same thing, to <laughs> retard spoilage. Yeah, yeah, it's a special education he, student in France. <laughs> he would not, yeah, retard. <laughs> he wouldn't cut the commercial unless we change. But that's what it does. It's an actual word. It's a real word. And it was you know, a kind word. It, 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 it was. It was, it was, it was, it was because yes. before then they were called morons, I believe. Yeah, morons, yep. Yeah, yeah, Newsflash, old guys, times change. Yeah, you, you, know how much they, you know how much they change? I heard a couple guys out in the back, kids out in the backyard going, come on, throw it, special needs. So. <laughs> God, Tim, you'll never change. That's all I know, which is a good thing. It's a good thing, by the way. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. I'm here with my real estate agent, Chris Lindahl, and after seeing what he did for me, I asked if he had something that would help our listeners. Chris, what do you got? We have something very special for KQ listeners. April 16th through the 18th, the Chris Lindahl team is hosting our SellerWorkshop.com series, where we're going to teach you how to net between thirty dollars to $60,000 more on your home sale. And the best part is it's absolutely free. So that sounds great, Chris, but what's the catch? Tom, here's what I'll share with you. The number one core value at the Chris Lindahl team is to be generous. 
I have a teaching degree, and this is my passion to educate homeowners in the Twin Cities on how to sell your house the right way so you don't end up leaving tens of thousands of dollars on the table going through the traditional real estate process. So go to sellerworkshop.com for times and locations and to sign up for your free ticket. The seller workshops are happening April 16th through the 18th. Seating is limited, and trust me, they sell out fast. Visit sellerworkshop.com or call 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. People try to put us to death. Talking about my generation. Just because we get around. Talking about my generation. Things ain't do look awful. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Crash and Burn 7 is at Acme Comedy Company tonight and tomorrow night. And now, last night you put on a special uh, special event, which yeah. was cool. A uh, I mean, live why writing did you decide, How did you decide to do that? Why did you decide to do that? Uh, it was actually Lewis. It was his idea. He said, you know... Oh, it, Lewis, okay. Yeah, he said, you know, a lot of uh, you know the, the, the comedy fans today are far more sophisticated than they've ever been. Well, with the internet, people know people today. Audiences today know more about comedy than they ever have in the past, and yeah. uh, and he he just had the sense that there would be a lot of people that might actually like to see uh, the the cornflakes being made, so to speak. So he uh, good idea. So he said, "Yeah." He said, "Let's just do after after one of the shows." He said, "He asked me to pick a show, and I did Thursday because that's that's like College Friday." And uh, yeah, I, that's true. And I said, let's do Thursday night, and uh, we'll just we'll open the doors and let people watch us write. And it uh, it was really good because the audience, like like I was saying, the audience interacted. They did. They they asked. Uh, they not only asked questions, they actually gave some suggestions for jokes. We actually uh, let the let the audience workshop with us a little bit on a couple. It uh, really went well. Uh, see, that's the well. I was just talking to Rip Michaels earlier uh, today about the fact that. People, I don't think people realize, and maybe this will help them realize, I don't think people realize what a hard job it is to be a, a comedian, especially a comedian that spends a lot of time on the road. It's a bitch because the hours are very difficult. It sounds like, oh, you get to work at night. That's great. Yeah, well, you get to bed at about 3 in the morning usually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but the pay, is, the pay is so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the other thing. <laughs> But it's a very, very hard job. All of that travel, being by yourself so much, all those hours by yourself writing or even writing with other people, working material, it's a hard, hard job. So I think it's a good thing to show people that. Yeah. yeah. Tom Dreesen said something I think is really insightful. He said the hardest yeah. part about being a comedian is going from the show to the hotel room. And he said, yeah. he said that is the hardest transition in the world, to go from being the center of attention and a big star in front of thousands of people to, uh, to a room where you're another schmuck trying to get free Cinemax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> and it's, no, and the, comics, the comics that have done well can, can handle that transition. The ones that can't, the ones that have to uh, uh, find other ways of keeping the party going, so to speak, are, are the mm -hmm. ones that usually uh, have trouble. 
No, I, it makes total sense. I, I lived, I wasn't doing comedy. I was doing voiceover, but I lived the, that, that comedy sure. uh, lifestyle. Well, I lived in Minneapolis on Saturday and Sunday. I lived in, in uh, Chicago on Monday and Friday, and I lived in New York City on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So basically, I could count on Thursdays. I would go out to LaGuardia to fly to Chicago, and I would sit on the tarmac for about three hours every, every Thursday. Now, why they couldn't figure out, why don't we just leave the plane at the gate, or why don't we schedule the plane to leave at 8 o'clock at night instead of 5 o'clock in the afternoon, just it's not going to leave till 8 o'clock. So why are you going to make us sit out on the tarmac? And you know it's going to happen today and next Thursday and the following Thursday. That's a bitch, man. Uh, that's all of that air travel and all that running around, whether you do it by car, by bus by air it's hard man making the very, same very mistake part, repeatedly uh in, in over and over again it kind of kind of like being married isn't it oh i'm glad <laughs> Catherine's not in here right now that's a good thing you think i would have tried that one if she was <laughs> nah maybe well, maybe I, one never knows one never knows. That's all I have to say. So so far, you're loving how Crash and Burn Seven's going at acting. Oh, it's a great, it's a it's a great set of performers. Cy is just uh, Cy's just been nailing it every night. He just uh, nailing he, he it. He came came oh, dressed came it, dressed to kill. Left. Yeah. Oh, did he? What? No, he's uh, uh he's texting. No, I came. I always damn it. I thought he killed. was gone. To killed. Yeah. Came well, dressed to kill. He girded his loins. I'm not going to kill. I'm going to get killed on stage. <laughs> Man, it all works out in the end. And so, uh, so, Car- Carmen is hilarious. And, yeah, Carmen's uh, uh, great. Uh, and uh, uh, J- Josh, Jay can Elvis. I call him Josh or J.F. Elvis? Here? I, uh, Josh is a wonderful guy. Yeah. He really is. Yeah, yeah. he he's a he's Josh a he's Weinstein. a fantastic writer. His 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 tags have been uh, his the tags he gave me on the, after the first show were just uh, they're the better than anything I wrote. So. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, yes, he did change his middle name to Elvis, so his initials would be Jew. That is why he did that. Because <laughs> they always go, did he, does he know that his, I said, yeah, that's why he did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've known him since I believe, he was 14 or 15 when I first met him. He's always been funny. He's the nicest man you'd ever want to meet. Uh, Someone in the audience actually asked him about his initials last night, and he said, "No, my." Oh, they did. Yeah, and he actually he actually pointed that out. He goes, "No, I did it on purpose." He goes, "I had to get into the Screen Actors Guild, and uh, I was I was a kid, and I thought it was funny." And he said, "But my mom is my mom's still mad because she she she, because people (laughs) think that she named me Elvis." (laughs) Well, there is a Josh Weinstein that works on The Simpsons. So right, that's yeah. another reason he had to, he had to kind of stand alone. There's a, his name is Weinstein, but Josh Weinstein and Josh Weinstein, it's spelled exactly the same. So he went with J. Elvis Weinstein, and his initials are Jew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said. Although, he, he said when he signs the wall now, it looks like a hate crime. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's very true. It does. It looks like a hate crime. Well, we just had an experience with uh, there uh, before you guys came in the first hour. We had Murray in a black man in America today. Also, uh, Rip Michaels, and uh, he's a half Spanish. Well, he's Honduran and African American, and his manager Moses is Haitian, 
And, of course, Mike Molina was in there with him. So was po- I pointed out that Mike Molina was Sicilian, and one of them called Mike a Molignan. I went, whoa! Oh. <laughs> I was like, what, oh. man? <laughs> it was very freewheeling. No, they were they were great. They were abs- It was nice and loose, and nobody cared. It was like, you know, it's like Jay Elvis going with Jew for initials. It, some people have a sense of humor, for Christ's sake. Dang it. You know, it's, I know it's hard to believe and it's unusual in this day and age, but some people still actually do have a sense of humor. Um, and I do ask this a lot, and, and Sai, you and I have talked quite a bit about this. Uh, are people's senses of humor getting any better? Because for a while there, man, they just disappeared, didn't they? Yeah, you said, you said just the other day, I'd like you to elaborate on that. You said just the other day that you think the corner's been turned and it's actually gone the other way now. Um, well, I think with every every... Every societal trend has a peak, and it has yeah. a and, and and it has a disappearing point, and that's that's not just it's not just you know political correctedness or social movements. It's you know it's anything. It's it can be on both the liberal and conservative sides of behavior, not of politics. Um, but I yeah I think the PC thing is it got really strong for a minute, and I don't know. I kind of feel people. People, I think the good parts of it will stay, and that's what always happens with those things. Like when the PC movement came and it was really harsh and like really uh-huh. strong, and I don't mean harsh in a bad word, I just mean it was over, you felt it everywhere. Nope. I, I think It was a bad thing. I think the good parts of that, like the good intent and the things that were positive will stick around, and then all the rest of it usually ends up jumping the shark, and people eventually see through the BS, and I, I think... We're moving towards that point with it because you see people like kind of rolling their eyes when somebody's too much, and the good things are good things are staying, and the ridiculous ones I think are slowly on their way out. People are ready to have you know because the truth is like there is a point that you you go back and look at old specials and there's you know guys using homophobic slurs and talking about women in certain ways oh, that, yeah. that oh, you yeah. and i as good yep. humans look at and we go well that sucks you don't when that disappeared that was a good thing so there are there are some things that disappeared that i think are good and then the rest of it it'll, it'll sure. come back to the middle it, it always does no matter what i mean you remember how big nerd culture was and i'm not saying nerd culture yes. is a good or a bad yes. thing it's just another example of a societal trend that just took over and was everywhere. And anybody who, you know, and it painted in this bad vein of anybody who liked sports was an a-hole and anybody who, you know, and it was all nerd culture. And then the good parts of that stayed, like the focus on, you know, uh, you know other like the comic book world, gaming, the, you know, sciences. Mm-hmm. Those, those stuff stayed around and the ridiculous stuff just disappeared. So I think that same thing is starting to happen. I mean, I'm an idiot, so I could be wrong. But I think I'm it is. an idiot, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that was one of them. It was moron, idiot, imbecile. Yep. It was, uh, uh, yeah, idiot was one. Yeah, of them. They, they, they keep trying to change what to, what you call people like that, and it's I think that's what it is yeah, now. It's uh, it, it, it's special needs. But I mean, if you got kids playing playing baseball, yelling it at each other, you're gonna have to come up with something else for the next generation. Yeah, that's that that's not even that's not even good. You know, you're right. There, it's. I remember the playground at St. Joseph's, and that might have been a couple of years ago, that those things would be yelled at one another, and, and the nuns, they weren't very fond of that. <laughs> when you call someone an imbecile, they didn't really. And then they taught you, do you know what that actually means? And nah, not really. I just hear other people calling other people uh, imbeciles, so I did it too. 
And that's where most of that stuff comes from. They don't even know what the hell it means. They just, they heard somebody else use it. Yeah. Uh, and therefore they use it. That's, that's how that happens. Well, yeah, sure. It's like uh, the nun you ran into in the boys' room. How, how yeah, many... How many people? Uh, uh, I, I can't count how many how many other guys on the on the on the playground that I I called the f word uh, before right. I knew what, what what f the f word actually meant. Well, I will tell you the, the story. Sty, I'm sure has heard it, but this is a true story, and it's the exact same thing you just said, Tim. Uh, I was in third grade, St. Joseph's School. There were a couple other guys in the boys' room with me because there was assembly, and we didn't want to go to assembly. So you got three third grade boys, and by the way, the two other guys that were in there with me, both were killed in prison. So oh. that's the kind of oh, school wow. it was. Oh. So we're in there, and we're just you know hanging around, just trying to trying to duck assembly. And Mother Superior came in. She goes, "What are you boys doing in here?" And one of the kids, Bill, said, "Ah, oh, we're just fucking around." And she goes. Well, stop fucking around, because she didn't know what it meant. She had no idea what that word meant. So that, but she knew whatever, whatever he was doing that he needed to stop. Yeah, that's exactly right. But I looked at her like, because I thought I was a little kid. I thought she knew what she was saying, but then I realized much later in life, it's like she had no idea what the hell she was saying. She just said it because he said it. Oh, funny. Yeah, he was... Uh, Matter of fact, he was stabbed to death rounding third base at uh, prison uh, baseball. So that wow, that's a tough that league. Yeah, <laughs> it's a tough league. <laughs> oh my if, if I don't stab this guy to death, he's going to score. <laughs> he's he's rounding the corner and he's safe. And we have to get a pinch uh, runner. And he is no longer safe. <laughs> he's no longer safe. Yeah, that uh, there were a few of those fellas. What a way to grow up! What a, what a way to grow up! Some of, there's so many of those people like that. It just, well, yeah, no. Okay, very quickly. The other guy that was in there with me uh, lived in a, in a fourplex, and he decided when he grew up, he was 21, 22 years old. Now he's he's on his own. He wanted to move back into the fourplex in which he grew up. Right? That was great. Okay. He just felt wonderful there. Mm-hmm. So he moved into the fourplex. And apparently he got in an argument with one of the other people in the fourplex, so he killed everybody in the building. Well, that's <laughs> okay. A, that's a pretty healthy reaction. Wow. Was it, was, yeah, was it like, pretty healthy re- was he like he killed one and then somebody saw him do it and it's like, oh, I got to get rid of the witness. And then it kind of just chained like no. that to the point. No, he, he was just no. like, he was like, if I can't have the fourplex, no one can have the fourplex. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, exactly man. what it was. If I can't do it, then no one can do it. That's exactly what his, he was that crazy. Uh, that's I mean, he pretty was nuts, rough. man. Well, he went mutual yeah, assured destruction. But look at it this way. It gave me a great radio career. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it all worked out in the end. What, just making observations like, holy Christ, no matter what you're going through in life, it's not that bad. I can promise you that. Crash and Burn 7 is at Acme tonight and tomorrow night. Two shows tonight, two shows tomorrow night. Sounds like you guys are having a ball. It's a great crew. They Everybody are. on that crew. A phenomenal crew you guys got out there. It's a great club if you've never... Is there anybody left in, in Minnesota who's never been to Acme? I, I kind of doubt it. I can't imagine. It, it's amazing when I you can't. ask how many people have been here before that there actually still are, is a bit of a applause, smattering of applause. when nobody, How many it's people amazing. have never been here before? 
absolutely amazing. That's a, and it a crime. It is a crime that no one, that not everyone's it been is. there. So get down there tonight or tomorrow night. Tim, thank you so much. Cy, always a great pleasure. Thank you. you. Uh, Sicilian, great job. That's all I know. (laughs) We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show.